Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Sportsmore's Premier League Preview Podcast. I'm Barney Cork and I'm here with Pascal Lemaire to run through all 10 fixtures from game week 6. With Leicester 2nd and Chelsea 4th from bottom, you could be forgiven for thinking the league was upside down and it doesn't get any easier for Jose Mourinho's side as they host Arsenal this weekend. We also have a Midlands derby between Aston Villa and West Brom to look forward to, while Newcastle, Sunderland and Stoke all go in search of their first wins of the campaign. Start at Sanford Bridge though for the London derby between Chelsea and Arsenal. Pascal, there's only one place to start. Chelsea's dreadful start to the season continued. Is Mourinho under a bit of pressure now? Um, I don't think he is personally. We still know he's one of the best managers. You know, you look at his record across Europe, he's, he's had a fantastic record. It has been a very poor start and I think you can't really blame the manager too much because I know he's in charge of the players, but the players, they just haven't performed anywhere near as well as last year. It is essentially the same bunch of players who were so dominant to the Premier League title last year. The results have been poor. The only win so far, that one at West Brom, where you know, they still conceded two. I know... They've had their problems. Courtois' injury doesn't help, of course, but last time out against Everton, you know, outplayed there. You know, really poor. Already three defeats this season. I know Mourinho's under pressure, but personally, I'd be very, very surprised if he if he gets a sack. I mean, I'm sure things will improve soon, but even if they don't, he signed a bit huge, that huge contract in the summer. It would take a lot of money to get rid of him, so I personally don't think he's under too much pressure. The results do need to change, but I can't really see him being sacked. It's the worst start to a top flight season in 29 years, I think it is, and just everything that usually, go, usually goes right for Chelsea seems to be going wrong. We'll see their defensive record's poor, their home record is really surprisingly poor so far. Still winless at Stamford Bridge this season, drawn one, lost one, didn't lose a league game at home throughout the whole of last season. They've already um, beaten that record with, with that defeat to Crystal Palace this time around. Dropped five points already this season when throughout the whole of last season they only dropped eight, so it's a, it's a massive slump in form for them. I think they've They've failed, or they've lost. They failed to win nine of their last fifteen home games. After the fifteen prior to that, they won fourteen of them and drew one. So that just goes to show how much they've they've dropped their their level at home throughout the whole of 2015. I think probably since that Bradford City defeat in the FA Cup, which came at home, they just haven't been the same sort of team really throughout the whole calendar year. I can only think of that Swansea game where they won five 0 that they've actually played well. So it's not just this season. It was towards the end of last season, but at least towards the end of last season, they were still picking up results. This time around, they're not even doing that. I know, yeah, and you think you look at the players and you think, right, you know, you, you watch players like Azar, who was just so good last year. He's gone cold. Costa's not playing very well. Like Fabregas has been especially poor this season. But the problem really is the defence, isn't it? You know, look at how many goals they've conceded. They've already conceded twelve. That's the worst defence in the Premier League, and it took them until December last season to concede that many goals. It just shows how much problems they've had there. And I mean, it's been documented enough times how much Ivanovic is struggling on the right, but. You saw like Terry, he got exposed a lot of times in that Everton game. You know, just it's sort of the midfield not offering too much protection, but then you know, he hasn't really got that partner there. You know, it was him and Cahill were a really solid partnership last season. Zoom has come in there, yeah, Cahill's played some games, and you know, they tried to sign Stones. So if they'd got Stones, would he have then played alongside Terry? You know, Aspilicueta is doing okay at left back, but the whole defence is just leaky. They've lost the, one of the best goalkeepers in the world to a three-month injury now. So I think that's the root of their problems, the defence, and that's the, that's the area he has to sort out soon because. Especially with players like Azar, he he can't keep playing this badly. You know, he's such a good little player, and I think 
he's going to come good soon and Costa will start scoring goals but if the defence doesn't sort itself out and they keep conceding this many goals they're not going to win enough games and by contrast Arsenal have now kept three clean sheets mm. in a row they've they've really stepped things up since that opening day defeat such a disappointing defeat to West Ham that after such a optimistic summer all the fans thought they might be able to push for um, the title this season obviously didn't add a striker which was a big problem but they'll be happy to see both Walker and Drew on the score sheet last time out against Stoke and that was a game They've got a fantastic record at home against Stoke and they're always expected to win that fairly comfortably and they should have won it a lot more comfortably than they did. had so many chances. I think it was 29 shots on goal they had throughout that match. Butland was probably man of the match for Stoke even though he conceded two goals. So that will again disappoint uh, Wenger that he wasn't being able to turn that domination into more goals. They've got wins against Stoke and Newcastle in games that they've completely dominated, but in truth, they should have won much more comfortably. They should have probably had a couple of 5-0, maybe even 6-0 wins this season, which would obviously raise the optimism levels and the hope that they might be able to push for the title after all. But that cutting edge in the final third, I think it's still a bit missing. Obviously, you go back to the transfer window, not adding another striker. Are Walcott and Giroud good enough to fire you to the title? We've had this discussion before. I don't think they are personally. They will weigh in with a few good go- few goals now and again. Walcott's record when starting is actually really good. 11 in his last 11. So his stats are decent, but they just need to become more prolific in front of goal, finish more of the chances that they're creating. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, since that West Ham defeat, you know, they have sort of sorted themselves out, you know, three wins out of four and you know, up to the top four now. But they're five points behind City. And you think they do, you know, City, the way they're looking, Arsenal would certainly need to keep pace with them because, you know, Chelsea, you know, they're already 11 points behind City. They already look out of it, to be honest, unless City have a real dip and Chelsea go on a run. But Arsenal have done well and their away form has been pretty good. I mean, we're filming this before Wednesday's Champions League game, but they've unbeaten their last 12 away games. So they are usually pretty good on the road. And, you know, some of their home results can be disappointing, like the one uh, West Ham at the start of the season. But, you know, you look at their run coming up, they've got that Champions League opener against Zagreb and then Leicester, uh, Man U, Everton, Swansea, Tottenham and obviously Chelsea here and then sort of five of their next six, six games after this. So it's a really big sort of month or two coming up for them if they really want to sort of signal their intention for, the, for that sort of title push because the Arsenal fans, I think they're kind of thinking in their heads, I, they don't think we've got, they've got a squad good enough for the title when you see how well City are playing in the league. And if they can really sort of assert their authority, it takes you ruin Walcott scoring more goals, a few more goals from midfield, the likes of, I think, Cazorla needs to play a bit better and some of the other midfield players like Ramsey needs to do better for his club. And if they can sort of go on a really good run, I think they could sort of, you know, push certainly and maybe catch City if they can, if City have a couple of bad results. What's been made of Wenger's record against Mourinho over the years? Finally got that first win over him in the Community Shield. Still none in the Premier League though. Do you see him getting that this time? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go for a draw here I think, I think it's really hard game to go I think Chelsea they'll be so desperate for that first home win but Arsenal you know, they have improved since their start of the season so I think uh, it's, it's a really hard game to call it could really go either way but I'm going to have to go for a draw and say one all yeah it is a tough one to call isn't it just Chelsea just have not been at the races so far and Arsenal are improving I think this is the best time Arsenal will have ever had to play Chelsea certainly the best time Mourinho uh, Wenger would have ever had to play Mourinho in the Premier League so I think I'm going to go for an Arsenal victory here I'm going to go for 2-1 I think so going for one Arsenal victory and a draw On to the 3pm kickoffs, and we'll start at Villa Park where Aston Villa hosts West Brom Barnes let's start with Villa played Leicester last time out in form Leicester and had a 2-0 lead but they blew it didn't they Yeah it was a fantastic match for the neutral wasn't it you thought at Aston, when Aston Villa went 2-0 like that really good Gill goal after Grealish had scored a really good goal of his own you thought they'd just see out the match. Leicester, they weren't playing too well at that stage, especially the first half. Aston Villa were the better team. They seemed to have control over the game. There's a spell even at 2-0 up where they were passing it about. They're getting cheered by the fans the whole time. And I thought at that time, Leicester, uh, Aston Villa have got a decent team here. They've got a lot of players throughout the spine of the team. They've got Sanchez, who I think is a good player. Gill, who's a good player in centre midfield. The centre-back partnership of Lescott and Richards, I thought, mm. really good experience in the Premier League. And they could be a very solid uh, 
partnership at the back down could help them stay up this season. But then when Leicester get their momentum going, I don't think there's many teams about in the Premier League who could stop the Aston Villa just they suddenly started giving the ball away. They didn't help themselves, but Leicester, they were just on fire in that stage. And even when they got that first goal back, you knew Leicester were just going to complete the comeback. It was a fantastic comeback from them. Villa just couldn't really do anything about it to stop it. They collapsed against the momentum. Sherwood said after the match that he's never felt like that after a game. And obviously it was so disappointing for him. But I saw a lot of positives for them to take from that match. And I don't think... It's, it's all negative. Obviously, the result was a poor one for them and they're still looking for their first win since the opening day. But I did see quite a few positives and they've got a few tidy players in their team, I think. Yeah, certainly. I've been impressed. I mean, I saw Grealish last year and I thought, you know, he's, he's clearly got a lot of talent, but I wasn't sure. People talking about, you know, should he be an England or Ireland international? And I thought it's too early to sort of be saying that he could be an England international. But you watch him play and he just he does seem to be sometimes just one, one step ahead of some of the other players. He seems to have that really good football brain. And like I say, Gil, both his and Gil's goal were really, really good. But, you know, they just they really defended quite poorly in some of those situations. I know Mares has been playing brilliantly at the moment. I could be the Premier League's best player at the moment. But they... They, they must know that he wants to jink side to side and they kept jumping in on him and you know that the central midfield area was completely uh, empty sometimes and it allowed Leicester's counter so easily they already had three men up front and I saw some replays and it showed that just this golf in midfield where when you're tuning up why are you pushing midfielders forward you know you should be filling that midfield area so they were poor there and they can't make such you know, bad mistakes, especially in a home game like this against the West Brom side, who they're, they're really fancy beating, and their home record isn't good. They've only won three of their last 14 games at home, and they're the kind of mistakes you just can't make. So, if, if they if they take a 2 0 lead here, they can't make the same mistakes again. I know West Brom aren't as electric as Leicester can be, but you can't just leave gaps like that. You've got to, you know, you you've got to play the game right. You know, I know Sherwood probably wants to play as attacking football and as as good football as you can, but when you've already got a 2 0 lead with two excellent goals, you know, especially when you're away from home against a team like Leicester, you've got to sit back a bit and try and defend the lead. You shouldn't invite pressure too much, but the way they defended and just allowed Leicester too easily, I thought, to sort of have enough, have so as much space as they did was poor. Yeah, they will fancy the chance I think of obviously West Brom's not an easy game, but they'll fancy a chance of getting something out of it. And I think it's pretty important they do. They've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up. They've got Birmingham first in the League Cup, which obviously championship side, but Midlands Derby, that's going to be a feisty affair. Everyone's going to be up for that. Actually, the third Midlands Derby in a row, so it's been a, a big run of fixtures for them. And then we've got Liverpool, Stoke, Chelsea, Swansea, Tottenham, Man City, Everton, Southampton and Arsenal in nine of the next ten Premier League games. Such a tough run of fixtures. that, that You can't see them picking up too many points from that run. Certainly not too many wins. So, the quicker they can get some points on the board, obviously this is going to be a tough one. They've only got four points so far. At the end of that run of fixtures, I wouldn't be surprised to see them down towards the bottom of the table. Obviously, things might start getting a bit easier a bit after that, and they may look beyond that run to get the bulk of their points for the season. But any any big wins from that that lot will be a bonus, I think. Mm. So they'll probably view this game as especially important. You know, home to West Brom, a side who haven't been that convincing this year. You know, they've, they've done okay, but last time out against Southampton, it was a real really a bit of a nothing game really wasn't it very little happened in that game there was the, the sort of uh, McManaman moment in the first half when he, he thought he should have won a penalty but it looked like a dive and you know they almost you know grabbed a goal when Stecklenburg fumbled it but apart from that there really wasn't much in that game at all and I think I mean Southampton as well they've had a couple of really boring draws you know Watford and you know, I think Watford and Southampton no, sorry West Brom and Southampton have both played Watford and they've already sort of, they've played a lot of games West Brom against the teams who they've sort of cancelled out and not really been able to do anything against and 
you know, so I think it has been a, it's been a kind of difficult start for them, but they haven't really been firing up front. The Berahino thing obviously hasn't helped. You know, Rondon's had his moments. Lambert hasn't quite settled very well. So I think there's I think there's there is some good players there at West Brom, but it just hasn't quite clicked yet. And I mean, defensively they've looked okay, but going forward they really haven't looked that good. Yeah, you mentioned defensively there. Obviously, that's where Pulis has built his reputation. Three clean sheets in a row now, which will be a positive. Mm-hmm. As you say, that draw against Southampton was a nothing game. Not really too much to shout about there, but the clean sheet would be a positive. Conceded four in five games now, which is decent. And they've only con- uh, conceded, sorry, five in uh, five in five games. And they've only conceded to Chelsea and Man City. Obviously, Chelsea haven't been the force they were last season, but they've still got attacking talent. So to have only conceded against last season's top two, it's not a bad record. There again, you would expect Pulis's success this season to be built on defensive solidity, and you'd expect West Brom maybe to challenge for mid-table place with that defensive solidity away from home they yet to concede this season as well which is also a plus going into this one so there are positives for them but as you mentioned going forward they need to show a bit more Yes, it's quite a tough game to score. Both sides will certainly go into it thinking it's a very winnable game but who do you see coming out on top? Yeah, as I say West Brom's defensive I think that's what they'll build a victory on this um, this weekend I'm going to go for a 1-0 away win I think I'm actually going to go completely the opposite way. I think Villa, you know, apart from that late collapse, they did look pretty good there. I think they had some good performances against Leicester and I think they might just nick it 1-0. So we've got one West Brom win and a Villa win. So our thoughts over that result. Moving on to Bournemouth versus Sunderland, two teams in the bottom five of the table. Pascal will start with the visitors, still looking for their first win of the season after defeat to Tottenham last time out. Yeah, it was it was a better performance though, wasn't it? You know, Spurs. I know Spurs haven't had a great start to the season, but it was always going to be quite a tough test for them. But you know, they played pretty well, especially in the first half. You know, and they really had they did have their chances as well, didn't they? I know Defoe was that was the big chance that one. I think. With a player of Defoe's calibre, he's usually so good in front of the goal. That was probably a sort of chance he probably scores nine out of ten times. And it's just perhaps a bit unlucky that they just got the one time where he, you know, he just didn't quite connect right and it went off the post. That was unlucky. And then second half, you know, they conceded. And then Rodwell so close with that lovely curling shot that came off the bar. So they were a little unlucky. They restricted Spurs. The Spurs didn't have many chances themselves. And the goal was, you have to credit Spurs, it was a fantastic team move. And when you watch the replays back, you could maybe argue that perhaps they could have caught Mason offside but the timing of the Spurs passing and the way it just went I thought it was just too good from Spurs really and you know the keeper came out he did a really good job and it was a great finish from Mason I thought it was just a really good Spurs goal and Sunderland just perhaps unlucky that they couldn't score themselves because they certainly created enough chances too but you just have to credit Spurs for producing that one moment of magic that settled it so it was a better performance than them after a poor start to the season but you know they're still down there in 19th and it's been a, yeah not, not great from them so far Yeah I think after that game Dick Advocate would have had very mixed emotions because obviously the defeat disappointed still looking for that first win of the season which they can't get soon enough as far as they're concerned but the performance was their best performance of the season so far there was a lot of improvements defensively I think they were a lot more sound there was still a few shaky moments Pantillamon didn't look great at times with the ball at his feet Kabul sometimes uh, gave the attackers a bit of uh, impetus to go forward and close him down quickly but all in all I think Kabul in particular was much improved he made a lot of blocks kept Tottenham at bay, Tottenham only really started becoming an attacking threat in the final 20 minutes or so. O'Shea, just, he, seemed, he always seems the one solid member of that back four. And even Van Aanhout, who's had a poor start to the season, mm. perhaps fortunate not to give away a penalty in the very first minute. But other than that, a solid game. Billy Jones at right back, solid game. So defensively, considering only they went into the match with the worst defence in the league, they've now, they've now got the second worst defence in the league. Chelsea of all teams mm. have overtaken them, but... There was a lot more positives defensively. Up front as well, Defoe, he played on the left uh, a few games already this season. He was put in cent- um, up front in his 
favoured central position and that was just it was a completely different Defoe he was ineffectual on the left but his movement just caused Tottenham all sorts of problems as you mentioned should have got a goal to his name he had a couple of other good chances as well set up a couple of chances for his teammates so I'd be very surprised if he doesn't uh, carry on in the central role because he certainly looked like a player who could fire them perhaps the safety in that position he was very lively throughout the match Yeah you talked about the defence being a lot better there and that's something they have to you know keep doing especially away from home because you know, especially if you're a struggling team like Sunderland, you can't give away too many chances. You know, especially on the road where you know if if if, if teams if home teams get in front, you know, you, you're, it's much harder for you to get back into the game. And you look at their away record in 2015; they've only won one of, of 12 games in 2015 in the Premier League. So, you know, they have struggled away from home. And you think that their home form hasn't been great either. You look at some of their home results this year. You, we, they, they did they did play better against Spurs, but that Norwich defeat they had uh, last month in August was really poor performance. And some of their other away displays last month, you know, the opening day against Leicester, they were torn apart there. I know they only lost by two goals in the end, but it could have been a lot more in that game. So the away sort of defensive stability has to be there in this game because Bournemouth, you know, they haven't they've struggled at home this year, but usually they can be very good at home. So. I think the defence is really, really important in this game, and they'll just hope that they, if they, I mean, they should be able to create as many chances, perhaps more than they did against Spurs, and they'll just hope that maybe the likes of Defoe can actually take them this week because they just weren't quite there last week. Yeah, Bournemouth, they're also coming into the game off the back of a really disappointing result for them. They'd started the season pretty well, but 3 1 lost to Norwich last time out. Just such a disappointing result considering they came up from the Championship with them last season. Bournemouth obviously won the title, Norwich needed to come through the playoffs. You'd probably put Bournemouth as favourites going into that match. I think I think all the newly promoted sides have have started fairly well. They've shown enough signs that they'll be able to put up a fight for it. And Norwich certainly amongst them, have, they've got the tools to hurt any team in the league. I think, but Bournemouth they would have fancied their chance in that. But to go three 0 down, then only get a late goal back in the 82nd minute, it's a really disappointing result for them. There, w- there wouldn't be too many positives for Eddie Howe to take out of that, and especially that's the sort of game that. Do you want to get three points out of they get the most likely going to be in a relegation battle this season? So against the teams who are also expected to be around them, of course this is another one of those games you need to get those three points on the board and to lose pretty comfortably in the in, in the end would have been so disappointing for them. Yeah, and you, you mentioned there the fixtures, obviously Norwich that was a winnable game. Sunderland at home here, that's another one. And then the next two fixtures after this, Stoke who have had a you know a struggling start, and then they've got Watford as well, who haven't really been firing up front. So these four games now, you know, they've, they've started with a defeat and they've got three more now coming up in the league, which they'll think you know we Eddie Howe probably say he wants seven out of nine points here I reckon because you know they're games that you really have to win and then if you don't you're in a really bad position and then the fixtures will obviously get harder when when you know tougher teams you know you play against tougher teams so really really important stretch coming up for Bournemouth I think here because if they drop to the bottom it might be really tough for them to sort of get back up again and you look at their home record I mentioned earlier that last season that they were really really good at home in the championship so so good you know attacking flair and that was the one problem I thought when they came up they they were just never going to get as many chances this year against better defences much tougher teams and so far they've drawn one and lost one at home so they'll certainly want to put that right here and you be fair to them you'd probably say Sunderland is perhaps the ideal opposition even though they did play better against Spurs Sunderland should be right down there with Bournemouth potentially come the end of the season so it's, it's a game Bournemouth will really want to win and I think an improved home performance is, re- is much needed because you know they played so well that game at uh, West Ham where they scored four but they haven't shown anything like that at home so far this season so that's what the fans really want and maybe they'll be able to do it Do you see them getting that first home win of the season? I think I do yeah I think Sunderland even though they were good against Spurs I think 
just just watching them sometimes I think that 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 was maybe as good as it will get against Spurs this season and they still couldn't win that game against the Spurs side who have, have struggled themselves this season so I think Bournemouth here I expect them to bounce back from that poor defeat at Norwich I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for them yeah I completely agree with that Sunderland they give enough chances away to and Callum Wilson in particular is likely to snap a couple of those up as you mentioned their away form earlier it's terrible and mm. I think Bournemouth will get that first home win I'm going to go for 2-0 as well so both going for 2-0 Bournemouth victories there on to another match involving two bottom half sides as Newcastle host Watford Barnes will start with Newcastle bottom of the table just two points out of a possible 15 and on Monday night they were well beaten at West Ham yeah it's not looking very good for Newcastle at the moment is it it's been a really poor disappointing start to the season for them particularly as I thought McLaren might be able to whip that team into shape as they had one of their better transfer windows for a while. The, t- the players that came in were decent. They didn't lose mainly their, their best players as they have done in recent seasons. So there was more optimism around the club than there has been in recent seasons going into this campaign. But as you mentioned, still looking for that first win of the uh, first league win of the season, first league win under Steve McLaren. Is he coming under pressure already? I think it's after five games it'd be very harsh to say so. And Mike Ashley, in fairness to him, he's had his critics, but he tends to stand by his managers. Pardew, obviously, there were fans calling for his head for a long time, but he's stuck by them. So I wouldn't say McLaren was under pressure as of yet, but he'll be desperate to get that first win under his belt. And the game against West Ham, it was another just a lacklustre display from them. No cutting edge, really, from them. Never looked like getting anything out of that game, really. Just another just really disappointing and flat defeat for them. Not many positives to take for them. And not anything, really, for the fans to shout about and say, oh, we've got a chance of staying up this season. There has been occasions like that defensively. Backs the wall stuff against the likes of Manchester United and Arsenal. They've put in a lot of... They've showed a lot of heart and desire in those ones, but going forward there's big problems for them yeah because the season it started okay didn't it home to Southampton who was so good uh, last season they got a 2-2 draw there and that was quite an encouraging performance you had that great goal from uh, Wijnaldum from that brilliant cross you know it was the sort of game that really lifted the fans but since then it has been really disappointing like I said they weren't very good against West Ham and you look at just their uh, general like streak in the Premier League stretching back to February it's just one win in 16 Premier League games now and you know that does date back to you know when Pardew left for Palace and I think that was a that was a big blow for them and obviously keeping John Carver last year he nothing happened on him at all and you, you wonder if that was maybe the should they brought someone in a lot earlier you know and then kept John Carver until the end of the season because they were close to going down last year and I just think that that whole stretch they've been on can't have helped the morale within the team and that's a bad run and at home as well they've won just two of their last 12 at home in the Premier League and St James's Park when it's rocking you know it's a brilliant ground you know 50,000 50, and more up there it's a, it's a great ground to be at but they are really struggling and this is such a big game at home to a Watford side who have looked okay in some games but they haven't been that great because you look at this game it's very important because of their next two games they play Chelsea and Man City in the next two and I know Chelsea are you know, down there right with Newcastle near the bottom but you know you expect them to be better than Newcastle in that game and City have been brilliant so far in the league so those two fixes are really difficult which makes this game even more important Yeah and you mentioned that run they've been on it's just that's just so terrible isn't it six points from the last 48 available is relegation form in any league in the world that is and they need to improve that the way to improve that is obviously to score more goals and that's where they've had their problems mainly this season only got two all season uh, which is lowest tally in the league none since the open day of the season you mentioned that draw against Southampton which means four in a row without scoring a goal now in the Premier League haven't gone five in a row in the top flight since 1988 which shows how, how much trouble they're having and their options up front, obviously Cissé, there's rumours about him not being happy, he nearly left in the transfer window by all accounts. Mitrovic, he hasn't shown much really that you, he's a player you can rely on to get goals or even stay on the field. He's obviously suspended for this weekend. Um, he came on, got two yellow cards within seconds of his two sub, first two substitute appearances. 
in fairness to him, he acquitted himself well against Manchester United, but that's one game and he's been a bit of a liability in all the other games. So just the options up front for them, they're not great. I'd, I'd, you'd say they've got a decent midfield and perhaps they need to weigh in with a few more goals, but that striking role, that final third, they really need to improve on, otherwise they're going to stand no chance of staying up. Yeah, and I think Watford here, they'll, they'll probably think this is a good chance to win uh, win the game, but Watford come into it after their first win of the season. Really impressive one as well against the Swansea side who had started the season so, so well. You know, in that first month of the season, Swansea were brilliant. And for Watford to hold them to a clean sheet, you know, eke out the win 1-0, you know, the, the goal wasn't exactly a thing of beauty, was it? Sort of, you know, hump up the field and then Deeney knocks it down, Igalo sticks it away. And, you know, Deeney struggled a bit up front, but apart from that, you know, you look at Watford's results and you think, it's been an OK start, but... Of the three promoted sides, you'd probably say they might be the one in most trouble. I know Bournemouth, you know, below them in the table at the moment, but I think Bournemouth just they just seem to have more about them and Watford you do wonder if they've got enough. But it's it was an okay start. So they started with those three draws and then lost at Man City, didn't they? So the start was okay and to beat Swansea like that, especially they had Barami sent off as well, didn't they, for that stamp. So he will now miss three games, but to hold Swansea at the end there with ten men, you know, it was an impressive result and so 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 important to get that first win. Yeah, I think it's been quite a similar story for Watford this season as to Newcastle. Defensively, they've been pretty sound. They've got three clean sheets in the last four Premier League games, which is very good for a newly promoted team and a, a good base to build perhaps a, a survival bid on. They'll be looking to carry on that because they have looked solid, those three draws, as you mentioned. They were looking decent in those games and the, it was three decent points for them to start the season with. Obviously, against Man City, never likely to get anything out of that game. You're up against arguably the best attack in the league at that point, so they didn't keep a clean sheet in that. But going forward... As with Newcastle, it's probably their biggest problem at the moment, which is strange when you consider Dini did so well in the Championship, scored so many goals there. Icarlos scored; he's had a fantastic 2015 so far. He's got two of their three goals so far this season, but they need other players to weigh in. As soon as they can get Dini scoring, he needs to prove he can do it at this level. A lot of people backed him, me included, to do it at this level because he was so good in the Championship for so long, but he needs to get that first goal of the season, I think. If they can keep Icarlo firing, he obviously knows where the net is. So if you give him the chances, he's going to get goals. But that one against uh, Swansea was the first goal since the opening day of the season. So they need to find more in the final third, just like Newcastle, I think. Yeah, so both of these sides really struggle for goals this year. Just five goals between them in the Premier League all season. Uh, what's your score prediction? Yeah, predictably, I think it might be a low-scoring one. But I'm going to back Newcastle to pick up their first win of the season here. I think I'm going to go for a 1-0 home win. I'm actually going to go the other way. I think... I don't know, just I think there might be goals, you know, maybe there'll just be goals in this one you sort of end those runs. So I'm gonna go for a two two draw. So we've got one narrow Newcastle win and a draw. Okay, moving on to two teams at opposite ends of the table now. We've got winless Stoke at home to unbeaten Leicester. Start with the visitors, Pascal. Continued their fabulous start to the season last time out against Villa. Yeah, what a comeback that was. You know, second in the table now. They did so, so well in that game. And, you know, the first half, you know, you wouldn't say necessarily they were that bad. You know, it was that one Grealish goal, great finish from him. But you wouldn't say that Villa necessarily deserved the lead that much. It was a fairly even game. Leicester weren't at their best in that first half, but it could have easily gone in level at half time. And then, you know, it was, a, it was a good finish from Grealish. And then uh, Carlos Hill does it well, better than Grealish. It was a fabulous finish from him to go 2 0. And at that stage, 2 0 down, you know, going into the final 20 minutes really tough situation for them to be in but the way they came back was just brilliant and I think Villa were at fault the way they defended they allowed Leicester you know to come back into the game too easily but still the way Leicester just sort of went from sort of second to like fifth gear it was just brilliant the way they turned it on and you know Mahrez at the heart of that he was playing so so well and I think less uh, sorry Villa they certainly they could have defended against him better I watched the time and they jumped in on him and 
I mean, you don't want him to shoot, but he he's, he always jinxed one side to the other. And I think they could have defended him better, but he just was running that team in that final 20 minutes. Vardy as well was doing so, so well. And yeah, I think just once they got that first goal and the crowd started to really push them, it, you, you, it wasn't that much of a surprise to see them overturn that two-goal deficit and a fabulous performance from them. And yeah, what a start to the season. Just look unstoppable in, the, in that sort of form, don't they? They've got so many players who are just absolute bags of energy. Things of Albrighton, Vardy, obviously, as you mentioned, the touch of class from Mowers as well. Just such a momentum-based team, aren't they? Even Not even just through in one game when they come back and get three goals, but even when they're on a the good run of form. Think back to last season when they did that great escape at the start of this season, of course, still unbeaten, only one or two teams along Side Man City still unbeaten. Now, they've only lost to Chelsea in the last 14 Premier League games, won 10 of them, 33 points from the last 42 available, which you're talking Champions League form there. It's been fantastic run of form for them, and that followed like a run of eight without a victory, so it shows how much they've turned it around. And to carry that on, carry that momentum on over the summer, Ranieri obviously deserves praise for picking it up. Obviously, Pearson left during the summer, but just when they get in that sort of mood and when they're playing like that, even against the top teams in the Premier League, the likes of Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, they would struggle to deal with them. They're just such a dangerous team when they've got their tails up. Yeah, they definitely are. But I think the one thing they've got to be wary of is, you know, when they came up last year, they had a, they had a really good start to the Premier League season. Not as nowhere near quite as good as this, but they did start the season really well. And it's almost exactly a year ago now that famous five-three win over Manchester United. They were so good in that game. But then after that, you know, they only won two of the next twenty-four. Went thirteen without a win after that Man United game. So. They've just got to be. They don't want to get too complacent. I'm sure they won't, but you know, I think Leicester fans. They, I mean, they're doing brilliantly to go second in the table. I don't think they should get too carried away. I mean, they probably know, you know, over time that you know they're not going to be able to stay in the top four. But they've just got to be really careful about not going on a really dismal run because they were sort of at this sort of they felt this uh, this good sort of probably last season and then really really tailed away. And bar like you mentioned that really brilliant end to the season, they would have gone down. So they've got to be careful about sort of not going on a slump. But the way they're going, you can't really see that happening. They just look so good at the moment. And we didn't even mention. Nathan Dyer there who mm. came on scored that really brave winner really good for him to sort of get in there and sort of injured himself in the process but that was really good for him he, he's a very good signing I think you know he's probably he struggled to get in the team at Swansea and to be fair to Gary Monk you know Gary Monk could have easily kept Nathan Dyer there as just a bench warmer but for him to, to let him go to Leicester you know it shows you know good management from Monk there he wants his player to get as many minutes as he can and Dyer will be a very good signing for them I think and by contrast, Stoke, they're still looking for their first win of the season. Last time out against Arsenal, really tough match for them. They've got a terrible record away at the Emirates, but the way they sort of just let let Arsenal run all over them in that match, it was one-way traffic pretty much from start to finish. Jack Butland had another really good game. He's had a fantastic start to the season. He deserves his England call-up, and you this sort of form if he's playing regularly you could see him start maybe pushing Joe Hart for the number one spot in down a few years because he's he's in such good form man of the match against Arsenal despite conceding two goals Arsenal they should have finished more than they did I think they hit the post twice as well so the 2-0 scoreline probably flattered Stoke if anything Arsenal had 29 shots in that match which is a staggering amount really as Mark Hughes said after it was probably his worst performance of the season and it probably was but it's such a tough place to go for the Emirates. They'll be much more confident of getting the win. Aside from that, their performance uh, this weekend. So, aside from that, their performances this season have, haven't been too poor. They're still looking for their first win, but they've had good moments coming from two behind against Tottenham to rescue a draw, of course. But that first victory can't come quick enough for Hughes, and especially at home as well. They haven't got a point or a goal at home this season so far, so that's where they really need to improve. And like I say, it hasn't felt that bad for Stoke, but they're 18th in the table, two points only Newcastle and Sunderland below them because of uh, the worst goal difference. So. 
you know, there's certainly the home form is where they've got to improve. I mean, Stoke don't they never really blow teams away at home. I know the last day of uh, final day of last season they beat Liverpool six one, but they don't usually put in performances like that. It's usually very tight games. You know, one two nil, two one wins at home, but they haven't scored, haven't got a single point at home yet this season. And, and last season they had one of the best home records as well. So that's where they've got to improve. And they'll look at their fixtures coming up. You know, Leicester here is a tough game, but then after that, Bournemouth, Villa, Watford, and Newcastle for the next five. You know, all of those teams in the bottom half and teams that. Even though Stoke are below them in the table at the moment, you'd probably say that Stoke should be winning. And you know they've had a. It's, it's been quite a tough start for Stoke. You know, like you said, playing Spurs, playing Arsenal as well. So it's been a tough start. But those four of the next five after this one, you, you know, um, Mark Hughes probably be targeting maybe three wins in those games. The form book's pretty clear which way this one should be going. What do you think? Okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go for a Leicester win. I personally think they've had a great start. But I, I, w- I do see them tailing off at some point. I don't. I think they've looked so good that I don't maybe expect them to be right down in the relegation battle this year. But I can't see them being second place much longer. It sounds harsh, but it's reality. I can't really see them staying there. So, and I think Stoke is a tough place to go. And like you said, Stoke desperate for that first home point. So I'm going to go for a draw here, one all. Yeah, I completely agree with that. As you say, Leicester, they've had a couple of one-all draws this season, haven't been as barnstorming as they were against Villa in every single match. So I can see another one of those games, maybe a bit of a subdued Leicester performance compared to weeks gone by. So I'm going to go for one-all as well. So both going for one-all draws here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we can't pick a winner at the Britannia. Let's go to the Liberty where Swansea take on Everton. Barnes, these two sides sitting 7th and 8th in the table. Let's start with Everton, a really impressive 3-1 win over Chelsea last Saturday. Yeah, obviously poured more misery on Chelsea's terrible start to the season. It was a deserved victory as well. It wasn't like a smash and grab. It was a moment when Matic banged in that fa- fantastic goal for Chelsea that you thought, OK, Chelsea, this, this might be them starting to kick-start their season, maybe come back into that. And they thought maybe they might nick a draw from that game. But fair, in fairness to Everton, they, they were the better team for the vast majority of that game. Got Obviously got that late goal from Naismith, who came off the bench and scored a perfect hat-trick. A fantastic uh, introduction from him. And you, you've got to think he's earned himself a start this week as, as well. Interesting after the match that he revealed just how close he was to leaving the club on transfer deadline day as well. So it's a big plus for Martinez to keep hold of him. And if he can start adding more goals to his game, he'll be a really good player because he's a, a nuisance factor as well. But... As you say, that win against Chelsea, a huge three points for the side because they've had they've had a difficult start to the season in terms of fixtures, but they've they've come through it very really well. And another big um, positive from that would obviously be the performance of Stones. So much about him going to Chelsea throughout the transfer window. Fans were delighted that he stayed, was singing all through the game his name, and he put in such a mature display against a, a really good attack. Of, of course, they're not firing on all cylinders at the moment, but they, they're still so dangerous, and Costa is still a very hard striker to play against. So for Stones to, to perform so well in that match, Jagielka, it must be said, uh, played well as well, but Stones, just the way he started the season would be such an encouragement for him, and him, him and Jagielka, that centre-back partnership is the basis for them building this season, and they've made a really good start to the season. Yeah, it certainly showed Chelsea what they're missing there, didn't they? Especially the way Chelsea have defended this season, it would have been even more of a blow, how just calm 
Stones looks in that game. But you know, you mentioned there briefly that you know Everton they have had a really tough start to the season. Their fixtures have been very difficult. And you look, they got seven points out of twelve against Southampton, Man City, Tottenham, and Chelsea. You know, that's a good return from those four games. And the thing is, they've got to try and use this form to keep going because the fixtures they don't get any easier for them. We've mentioned it many times before. They've got a really tough sort of opening two three months of the season. I mean, next up, you know, they've got West Brom, Liverpool, Man U, and Arsenal after this weekend you know Swansea's not an easy place to go and then after this weekend they've got those four fixtures as well so very difficult run of fixtures coming up for Everton if they can get through say these next five games with maybe sort of 10 points from those next five games then that would put them in really really good stead going into their sort of easier run of fixtures towards sort of the end of the calendar year so it's been a tough run of fixtures for them but they've, they've looked fairly solid I wouldn't say say players like Lukaku he hasn't sort of been at his best yet I mean Barkley's really impressed me so far he seems to be much more mature this season the decisions he's making but if Lukaku can put in a couple of more really good performances like he did um, against Southampton then you know they could maybe get a few surprise wins in this run and you know, put themselves in really good stead to maybe push for the European places this year. There's a lot more feel good factor about the club at the moment isn't there that obviously last season such a disappointment for them they're expected to push for Europe again having come close to the Champions League the season before that in Martinez's first year in charge but last season finished in the bottom half didn't have a great summer but Things have just got better and better since the season's begun. Obviously, keeping hold of Stones is a big one. You mentioned their results there. Seven points from those games is a really good return. And their away form has got really has got much better so far this season as well. Only lost one of their last six in the Premier League after losing eight of the previous nine before that, I think. And yet to concede in the Premier League away this season as well. Got that fantastic 3-0 win against Southampton. Perhaps a bit fortunate not to concede against Tottenham in that 0-0 draw. Mm. Needed Howard in man of the match display to keep a clean sheet there. But... To have not conceded away from home in the Premier League is, after a couple of games is a good record, especially playing those two. So be confident of giving, giving themselves a chance this time around as well. Yeah, so they're certainly coming to this game in a really sort of confident mood. But Swansea, on the other hand, you know, last time out went to Watford and you know suffered their first defeat of the season. A disappointing result there, especially the way they started in August. They were so so good in August. You know, the results against Manchester United, Chelsea, absolutely brilliant. The performances of Gomez and Ayew, who won the Player of the Month for August, so they were really good there. But went to Watford, lose one 0 not scoring is disappointing there. And you know, especially they played against ten men. You know, towards the end of the match after the uh, uh, Barami red card, so that was disappointing. And the goal they conceded as well, sort of a route one goal. Gary Monk won't be happy with that but to be fair to him he said that his side weren't at, weren't at their best in that game and they said, he said you know they got what we deserved you know just we didn't deserve to get anything out of that game so you know they'll certainly learn from that hopefully but we've talked about how strong Everton look coming into this and this will be a real test for Swansea to see if they are you know at that level that they were in August. Um, I mentioned Everton's away form earlier Swansea's home form has been pretty impressive recently as well I think only Man City in the last home game of last season have beat them in the last six in the Premier League that was a 4-2 game a really good game that one mm. Swansea They've got goals in them at home particularly and they usually get the results. It's only really against the big teams that they don't win at home. They've got a 100% record this season. I think since March 2014, they haven't lost to a side who finished outside last season's top seven. Obviously, Everton fall in, uh, don't fall into that bracket, so they'll be confident of getting another three points here. And that home form should be the basis for them to build another a, a European charge. They've certainly started the season well enough that Watford game looks potentially like a bit of a hiccup maybe an anomaly of a result considering how they've started the season before but they'll be very keen to get back to winning ways with this one I think it's important that they do yeah, certainly a game between two sides who, who think themselves have got a chance of getting into the top six this season which way do you see it going? Yeah it's a tough one to call isn't it Everton They've impressed me a lot more than I thought they would so far this season. They've been much better than I expected. I think they might get a point from this one. I'm going to go for a few goals as well. Two all draw, I think. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to back Everton to get a win here. I think you know this is the week when European football starts, and last season European football really hampered Everton, but they don't have that this season. They they look really really strong in the league at the moment, and I think that they might just edge this one two one. So we've got one Everton win and a draw. Moving on to league leaders Manchester City now. They host West Ham United in Saturday's evening kickoff. Pascal will start with the host in fabulous form in the league, obviously, but. European-wise, same old story against Juventus. Yeah, you know, in recent years, since they've become sort of one of those top Premier League sides, they have had tough draws in Europe, and it's the same again this year. They have got a really tough group, Juventus, Sevilla, Borussia, Mönchengladbach, all, you know, from the top European leagues. They didn't get any of the sort of smaller sides, you know, Mönchengladbach from that fourth pot, probably the hardest team in there. So it was a tough draw for them, but even then, you know, considering how well they started the Premier League season, Juve at home in their first game, it's a real chance to show a signal of intent of how they could really match the top sides in Europe this season, like your Barcelona's Madrid's, your Munich's and all those sort of teams. But they weren't quite there. And against the Juve side as well, they've had a slow start to Serie A, Juve. They've lost some key players this summer, Tevez, Pirlo, Vidal. They've all gone and you thought that this was a real chance for City. They were odds on going into the game, but they never quite hit the heights of where they've been playing in the league. You know, They didn't start with Aguero. It's obviously a big blow, him not being there because of the injury he picked up against Palace, but he was on the bench. And the whole performance, just they, they were never quite there, City, in that game. And you thought... I just they really should have played a lot better I thought I mean the first half they, they started really well in the first half they had a really early chance through Sterling who I think should have put that one away that's the one part of his game where he's just a bit short is finishing in front of goal I think he's had a couple of chances this season I remember one at West Brom and this one was very similar where you know it's on the left side of the area or the, the goalkeeper won't reach it if he finds the corner but both times he hasn't quite hit it near enough to the corner and so it's nil-nil at half time and then they get their goal in the second half which it just shouldn't have stood in real time you know just from the sort of eye you could see it was he just looked like a clear foul the way that company was climbing over Chiellini and all the Juve players felt it was a foul but the referee didn't give it so they got a quite a fortunate goal but they couldn't push on from that get a second and uh, Pogba's goal for Juve's first was a great ball over the top Mangala slightly out of position to allow uh, Mandzukic in behind him but after that you know they one all you'd still expect City they're the home team to the way they've been playing to go and push on and get the win but Morata gets the second for Juve it was a great finish from him to be fair he got that one yard of space found it in off the post and after that City didn't even threaten that much to be honest they had a couple of half chances towards the end they brought on Aguero which you might think was it, was it a bit of a risk from Pellegrini because he, he was ruled out of the Juve game initially but then Pellegrini named him on the bench said that he is fully fit so it was a bit of a change of heart there and if they had to bring Aguero on to try and salvage something from that game you wonder if he's now a risk for this game so just a really bad night overall for City that they couldn't get anything out of that game because they were really expected to win that. It's quite a sad indictment on English football at the moment as well obviously with Manchester United mm. losing as well considering how Man City how dominant they've been in the Premier League so far this season five wins from five 15 points from 15 11 goals scored none conceded they couldn't have started the domestic season any better they've been in fantastic form each match they've deserved to win by a couple of goals probably say with the exception of their last one against Crystal Palace which was their tightest game so far as we know Palace have made a really bright start to the season not so not as good at home but away from home they've been fantastic they went into that match second in the table and only took a 90th minute goal for, for them to be beaten in that match he and Nacho came off the bench mm. got that 90th minute uh, 90th minute winner good bit of predatory instinct from him getting in the box and getting the rebound from the goalkeeper but it was a scrappy goal for Palace to give away they were unfortunate not to get anything out of the match but as you say City that's that's what champions do they, they get the wins where perhaps they're not playing at their very best you'd say if either team deserved to win it was City in fairness and Pellegrini will be happy that the likes of Ahir Nacho can come off the bench and 
contribute a couple of goals here and there if the likes of Aguero, as you mentioned, he had to go off injured. If Bonnie didn't, didn't really get a goal in that match, he, he had a couple of chances, had a couple of sights of goal and looked bright on occasion, but he never really looked like making the breakthrough. So to have someone on the bench, a youngster coming through who can make that impact will be a really big plus for them. But as, yeah, as we say, the, the start to the domestic season has been fantastic. They need to translate that to Europe. That'll be the next thing. But in terms of the Premier League, they're already five points clear of the majority of the rivals, 11 points clear of Chelsea. So mm. things couldn't have gone any better for them domestically. No, I certainly couldn't have done. But you just wonder if maybe, you know, that res- you just hope that result uh, against Juve doesn't start mean the wheels will start to come off because company came off with a little injury in that game. He's obviously been so good helping them to five clean sheets in their first few league games. And, you know, like I said, Aguero did come off the bench, so he, he probably is fit. But if, if Pellegrini risked him and now he's a doubt for this game, that'd be a blow. And you mentioned Bonnie there. He was re- he started the game against Juve and really didn't do a lot in the Juve game. And you think, could um, he and Nacho maybe start this one? Because Bonnie, f- f- ever since he signed for City, never really showed anywhere near the form that made him, you know, Swansea's best striker, you know, the last couple of seasons. So you just wonder if maybe things aren't looking great for City if company misses this, Aguero misses this. The one bonus in that Palace game was De Bruyne obviously coming off the bench for his debut uh, once Aguero got injured and he looked quite bright. He created a lot of chances in that match, uh, De Bruyne, which is what he was so good at uh, for Wolfsburg last year. So him him, him being there was good and Sterling and Silva also returned in the uh, Juve game. So it's good to see them back. So if Aguero can't be there, but Sterling, Silva and uh, De Bruyne all start against West Ham, that'd be still a pretty formidable front line. There's a lot of positives for City still to take, even even apart from that Juventus one. West Ham, they'll also take positives into this match. They got their first home win of the season last time out, 2-0 against Newcastle and it was a match they they always looked like winning on Monday night, wasn't it? They, Newcastle didn't really offer anything to trouble them defensively and Dimitri Payet who's probably been their standout player this season looks like a fantastic piece of business. Both of his goals were really well taken. Mm. They've just got a lot of talent in their midfield, particularly attacking-wise. When they get players back from injury, they'll have a lot of depth there. So in, the, in terms of squad, Billich has got a really good squad through in there, I think. He's had a couple of disappointing results, but as we say, a couple of really good results. And the, the transfers that he's brought in have really shone so far. We mentioned Pye there. Moses was very good against Newcastle as well. It looks to be a very good transfer window. And they're up in fifth now on the table. And you wouldn't back them to drop too far down from there if they can carry on putting in performance, particularly like they did against the likes of Arsenal and Liverpool and to a lesser extent Newcastle. Yeah, and you say looking at their squad, they've probably got a better squad this season than they had last season. The thing is they, they had a really good sort of first half of the season last year and you know they're looking good again at the start. They don't want to tail away in the second half of last season, but you know this is... I mean, if they can get anything out of this game, it would just be a tremendous start away from home in the league this season. They've already won without conceding at both Arsenal and Liverpool. Now they go to City, you know, the hottest team in the league. So if they can get anything out of this game, I mean, say if they win this, it would just be an unbelievable start to the season if they can beat Arsenal, Liverpool and City all away from home. And now they've got that first home win as well because the two home defeats they had against Bournemouth and Leicester are both very disappointing. So now they've got that home win out of the way. They looked very, very confident against Newcastle. Like I say, Payet just had that touch of class there and... He's, he's playing in a really free role sort of a, in, in that sort of playmaking area. I mean, Sacco often came for the ball short, you know, offered back to go, and Pai was the one going in behind, and he's he's the one causing defenders all sorts of problems. And like I said, Moses was great, but they've still got Antonio uh, to come on, and Jelovic is also the, another debutant, you know, who could have an impact for them. But it's, it's the away form we've talked about before there. You know, the players like Moses, Paye, who've got a lot of pace, who can cause, you know, on the counter-attack, sort of in a similar way to we talked about Palace, how they can play really good away from home. But West Ham looked like that, but 
I mean, City's a tough game for them here, but if they can get anything out of it, it'd just be a tremendous start away from home. Do you see them getting anything out of this one? I can't. I mean, they, they was they were good against Newcastle, and they, they were so good against Arsenal and Liverpool, but City, they'll be really reeling from that Juve defeat. That was a really disappointing uh, defeat for City, so I think they'll be wanting to bounce back here, and I think they'll get the win 2-0. Yeah, I think I agree with that. City you just can't really back against them at the moment, can you? The way they're performing domestically, 11 Premier League wins in a row, they're only three short of the all-time record held by Arsenal. Mm. They'll fancy their chance of getting this, so I'm going to agree with 2-0 as well. So both going for 2-0 Manchester City victories there. So City's continue their 100% record there. On to Sunday's games, and we start at White Hart Lane, where Spurs entertain Crystal Palace. Barnes Spurs finally got their first win of the season at Sunderland last time. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the most encouraging performance or result for them, really, but that that win to get that under your belt finally is a big weight off their shoulders. I think they're very fortunate probably not to lose that game yet alone even uh, win it because Sunderland had the chances. They hit the woodwork twice. Defoe in the first half pulled their defenders all over the place. Toby Alderweireld had a terrible time dealing with him in the first half especially. Vertonghen next to Alderweireld had a really good game in centre-back. He uh, gave him man of the match in the end I think. But to to have won that match when they're not playing too well would have really pleased Pochettino because... His side until the 70th minute offered, didn't really offer anything going forward, which is a big worry considering obviously we know about Kane's struggles in front of goal and the fact that Mason got the goal from midfield. It would be a worry, but it would also be a plus that they might have goals for coming from midfield. It's a really good team move from mm-hmm. Tottenham to get the goal. and Just Sunderland, who, who had defended quite well up to that point, apart from the odd dodgy moment, they just got completely undone by some slick passing and some really good team moving. If they can quicken the pace up a bit more, they're obviously hurt by injuries to Ericsson in the last few games. He hasn't been there. He helps do that. But if they can do that, Lamella came on and looked quite bright. First time, probably the best I've seen him in a long time play for Tottenham. So if they can get him starting to play as well, then there are positive signs to take from their match. But the performance overall, apart from the final 20 minutes, was still a bit worrying despite the result. The result is, of course, the most important thing to get that first win under their belt. But Pochettino probably would have had mixed emotions after that one. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at the record, they've only actually lost one of their last seven in the league. So that's cause that reads okay. But you know, there's been a lot of draws in there, and it hasn't felt that convincing the start, has it? And like you mentioned there, Kane again going scoreless in that match. You know, he had that chance with the volley at the back post where you know the ball came over to him, and all he had to do really was get it on target. It probably would have gone in, but he couldn't even make contact and direct it towards goal. So that was disappointing. And you know, he struggles still go on. I mean, I'm sure he will get his first goal of the season soon because he is their number one option up front. He's going to start most games and. Uh, you mentioned about Ericsson there. He could be back for this one. That would be a huge boost because Ericsson and Kane do tend to link up really well. I remember on the opening day of the season, that one move where you know Kane flicked over to Ericsson and he was so close to scoring in that game. So if Ericsson, if Ericsson comes back, that could be a huge boost. But Mason might be out because he injured himself scoring that goal. It was a really brave finish and a great finish. But you know he injured himself and he could be a doubt now because he'd, he'd actually been playing quite well in that sort of more advanced position with Ericsson not there. So if he's if he's missing, that'd be a blow to them. But Ericsson coming back is the big thing for them. He's you know one of the, probably their best player, Ericsson, when he's on form. So if he if he can come back, that'd be just be huge for the team and for Kane especially because Kane knows that if he keeps making those runs, Ericsson's probably the player most likely to find him with with the right pass. So if he's back, that'd be a boost. And uh, Clinton and G as well, who they signed from Leon, he hasn't even played yet for them. So because he's been sort of a doubt with an injury. So if he can come back and maybe show the fans something different, we don't know too much about him. So hopefully they'll, the fans will hope that he can have more of an impact than, say, Lamella did last year because, you know, he was all that big money signing last year and he didn't really do anything. So, you know, positives perhaps if, if Ericsson can come, can come back. Yeah, and they could certainly do with the boost considering their fixtures coming up. They've got, mm. poten- it's quite early in the season, but it's potentially a season-defining set of fixtures coming up. See, this is by no means an easy game against Crystal Palace who have been so 
impressive so far this season. They've got Arsenal coming up in the League Cup and then they've got Manchester City, Swansea, Liverpool in their three Premier League games after this. So domestically, it's a big run of fixtures for them. Thrown in with them, of course, you've got a few Europa League games as well. So we all know how teams tend to struggle after the Europa League game on the Thursday. So it's a big set of fixtures coming up. It makes that win over Sunderland all the more important. They, they really had to win that. But as I mentioned, the performance against the Sunderland team who have been so poor so far this season wasn't entirely encouraging. They're certainly going to have to uh, play better than that against these big teams if they're going to get those results and start moving up the table to where they hope to be, which is perhaps pushing for fourth again. Whether they can do that, I'm not so sure from what they've shown so far this season. But they need probably to win games like these. And you think their home form hasn't been too impressive recently. We mentioned quite a lot last season that White Hart Lane's quite, it can be a nervy ground to play in for them when things aren't going well. They've only won one of the last five in the Premier League there after 10 games unbeaten before that. So things aren't going so well at home. And if, the, if that run carries on too much further, you can, the fans will start to get on their back and Pochettino may start coming under a bit of pressure. Yeah, and if you include this week's Europa League tie, they've got four home games in a row, including the Arsenal League Cup tie, which is obviously a huge game. So it's a really sort of big run of fixtures coming up, four games at home, and they've got to show the fans more at home. So, you know, this is a big game, and Palace are going to provide a real stern test. They've had a fantastic start to the season. Last time out, you know, they hosted City at Selhurst Park, and it was a really good game. Both sides had plenty of chances, and Palace, you know, they could have maybe got something from the game. City probably just about edged it, and then 90th minute, uh, here Nacho comes in, steals in with the poacher's effort, and really crushing blow that for Palace, because most other sides this season have been blown away by City, you know, dominating Palace, gave them their sternest test so far, and just came up short in the end. It was a it was a disappointing defeat for them, but still on the whole, they're sitting sixth, and it's been a great start to the season for Palace. Yeah, to be sixth when they've had such a difficult start to the campaign, they've already played the top three from last season, and they've performed pretty well in all of the games, Arsenal and Man City. They gave them, they matched them for long spells. You probably say they deserved to lose both of those matches, which they did in the end. But obviously, the win over Chelsea, huge result for them. So to have nine points after five games, having played last season's top three, is a really good return for them. And you can see them kicking on from that. We've mentioned their away form time after time this um, in this in this video because they've got the players to just hurt any team on the break. Really, they, they almost think back to last week last week against City where you'd expect City to have more of the ball those sorts of home matches suit them better because they are better on the counter-attack and this this is likely to be another sort of game like that especially with Spurs they, they've got attacking fullbacks they like to get forward the likes of Zaha Balassi punch and they can really do damage and I think that's what they'll be looking for again this week yeah, and all four of those sort of players, Punch and Sacco, Zaha, Balassi, they all started against City. And I think um, Pardew might do the same again here because you think they're away at Spurs, a side who probably will dominate the ball. It'd be interesting to see if he starts with just all four of those players who just love running forward the ball. And it should be, I think it could be a really exciting game. What's your score prediction? Difficult one to call, isn't it? But I've got a feeling for Palace in this one. They're just so good away from home. I can see them picking up a win here. I'm going to go for two-one to Crystal Palace. I think. Yeah, I fancy Palace to win it as well. I think it could be. I think it could be a really exciting game, and I'm going to go for a three-two away win. So both see goals in this one, and both see Palace wins. Moving on to Anfield, where Liverpool host Norwich in the first of two 4pm kickoffs on the Sunday. Start with the home side, Pascal, looking to bounce back from that devastating defeat to Manchester United last time out. Yeah, it was a poor one, wasn't it? The first half, you know, there wasn't really much to talk about in the first half. A really slow going game, and, you know, 0 0 was the right scoreline at half time, but it really sprung to life in the second half, and, you know, United scored quickly after the restart with that. You know, it was a well worked set piece, you know, to get Blin the shot, but I think Rodgers will be disappointed the way that United, you know, were able to carve out that shooting opportunity. Credit Blind, you know, it was a great finish, picked out the corner brilliantly, and then, you know, the second goal, Joe Gomez, you know, that's where, you know, he had, he had, had a very good start to the season for me, and I was, I've been surprised that he's kept his place for this long, but, you know, that just showed his immaturity a little bit, the way he dived in there. 
you know, Herrera just got his body across and made sure that there was contact. It was a silly challenge. Herrera sticks away the penalty and it's 2 0 there. It's a very difficult game, but then you know, they get back into the game with that absolute wonder strike from Benteke. A phenomenal goal the way it came out of the sky, and you know, he was lining up for a long time. I think perhaps the defender could have done more, but you have to say it was a superb strike. And at that point, you think maybe they can get back in the game and get a point, but then. Martial, you know, he wrote wrote the headlines of that. You know, it was, a, it was a brilliant solo goal. The finish, especially, was great. The way he picked out the corner, but Skirtle has got to be very disappointed the way he sort of you know managed to wriggle through and get the shooting opportunity. So, yeah, it was a very disappointing defeat. You know, to your arch rivals makes it even worse. And you know, they've gone off the boil a bit after you know starting the season okay. And yeah, so it's you know that result was probably the worst one so far. But on the whole, it's not been a great start. No, it hasn't. And questions are being asked of Rodgers. He started the season as the favourite for first manager to be sacked now and a lot of Liverpool fans turned on him after that United game especially there were big questions over his tactics and there were warranty questions as well because he didn't throw the kitchen sink at United even at 2-0 down when they're chasing the game he stayed with the same tactics Benteke leading the line Ings on the left Ings looked lost on the left he just it's not his position he's a centre forward he's a poacher he's a finisher in the box he doesn't he'll work hard on the left he'll do that job for the team but it's not his best position obviously his hand was forced a bit Rodgers with Coutinho's suspension but still questions should be raised with tactics we thought they were going to go for a diamond and two up top which which would have tested United a bit more I think and it's a, they've, he's done the diamond with success in the past for Liverpool so it was quite a surprise that he didn't do that but questions should be raised to Rodgers for that one I'm not among the the group of Liverpool fans who I think there's been a petition signed for him to be sacked. There's been a fundraising thing to be for him to be sacked, which I think is embarrassing from Liverpool fans. But he does need to start improving because his signings this season they've settled in fairly well. But there's big questions over his general chance, his record in the transfer market this season. It hasn't been entirely encouraging. Started with two wins, but neither of them were exactly ones to uh, blow blow the other team away. Both one nil victories and then a draw and two defeats. So it hasn't been the best uh, start to the season for Liverpool. They they need improving, and a win this weekend would be a huge boost for them and Rodgers because he needs it. Yeah, and obviously the big boost is Coutinho being back after that red card suspension, and you know he's left Benteke behind for the Europa League trip, so he obviously doesn't want to risk him there. He's, he's, I think he's going to give Origi a chance there, so it'd be interesting to see if he can maybe do something because Origi hasn't really shown too much at all that he's sort of ready to you know play for a team like Liverpool. So you know it'd be a boost to get Coutinho back. Jordan Henderson, there's the news that he doesn't need surgery, flown out to the United States to see a specialist, and I think they've just done some injections in his heel, but you know he's already been out a lot longer than he was expected to be, so you wonder if that's one of those niggling injuries injuries that might you know just cause him trouble for a long time until it's fully fixed you know you look at players like say Wilshere who's never quite been able to get a string of games together and you just hope that Henderson hasn't got one of those injuries that could really plague him for a long time and you know so he, he he's out of this game but uh, Adam Lallana Joe Allen they could both be back so that's a boost but Coutinho is the big one him being able to come back and you know Norwich um, sorry Liverpool they need some wins here they've got, they've got a couple of very winnable games coming up you know Norwich here then Villa because their their fixtures get so difficult in October and November you know they've got the Europa League to contend with you know coming up the group stage for that and then they've got Everton Spurs Southampton Chelsea Crystal Palace Man City and Swansea all in October and November and all of those sides you know Chelsea haven't had a great start but they're still the champions so they're a very good team and the others have all started the season pretty well and they're, they're top teams so it's a really difficult October and November coming up for Liverpool so a game like this you know they, they have to bounce back here after that you United defeat against the side. I know Norwich, you know, they're above them in the table, Norwich, but it's a side that you should be beating at home. Liverpool, you know, they've got a great record against Norwich as well. You know, Suarez love playing against them. He scored hat-tricks against them for fun. So Liverpool hope that playing Norwich at home is a game that they can win.
Yeah, Norwich, they'll certainly come to, into this as big underdogs, even though, as you mentioned, they are above them in the table. Last time out against Bournemouth, it was a much improved import performance with Norwich. They've been pretty decent for the, the start of the season. They've played well in all games apart from that Southampton one before the international break. Obviously, that they were hindered by the red card in that game, so bit of an anomaly of a result so far in terms of how the Premier League season's gone. Alex Neal's side, they've adapted pretty well to being back in the top flight and the win against Bournemouth would have been a huge boost for them because obviously they came up with Bournemouth last season only via the playoffs though and Bournemouth won the league of course so Bournemouth would have gone into that match as favourites but comfortable winners in that one, 3-0 in the end. Where's Houlihan van the show? If he can do that more often, then he'll, he'll be a really good player for them. He obviously got the assist when holding his shin pad in the handbone, running through, <laughs> got the goal as well. And Jerome getting his first Premier League goal of the season, big boost as well for him because he's, he's such a good championship striker, Jerome, but he's, he's never been able to do it in the Premier League, really. So if they can get him getting the goals in the top flight, then obviously that will go a big way towards helping them stay up as well. So, so many positives from that Bournemouth game, I think, for Alex Neal to take. Yeah, I think you mentioned Jerome there. He's certainly probably their best striker to start games. But, you know, uh, Lewis Graben, Gary Hooper, neither of them has been, well, Graben's been suspended because of when he went AWOL at the team hotel. They need him to come back and start really wanting to play for the team. Hooper, it looked like he might be going out on loan in the recent transfer window, but he hasn't gone. And I think they, they need them both really to offer options if, say, a game just isn't working out for Jerome. Because I think, you know, Alex Neal did struggle to make the signings he wanted this summer. I think they, their squad does look a little thin, but even then, like you say, they've put in some really good performances. And in that Bournemouth game, I think Hulan really impressed me. He's a sort of player, I think he's kind of reminds me about in in some ways, like Wayne Matter, the way he plays, you know, if the game's right for him and it's the right pace and he's seeing enough of the ball, he can just run the show. But in, I think in some games, he can, he's just because he's, he's quite a slow player, you know, if, if Norwich are on the back foot and they need him chasing around, chasing players around, he might not quite fit into that. But when, when the game's right for him, he can really affect a game like he did against Bournemouth and he completely ran the show in that one. So, you know, Norwich do are looking good, but their fixtures, you know, they, they are going to get a bit harder here. A tri trip to Liverpool here is very difficult. And then, you know, they've got West Ham and Leicester in their next two. And you'd probably say it's the wrong time to be playing those two teams. West Ham are looking good. Leicester, you know, both of those, they're in the top five, those two teams. So maybe playing them at the wrong time. Liverpool away from home, looking to bounce back. The fixtures are going to get harder. So it's a really testing sort of, you know, month or two coming up for Norwich. You mentioned their poor record against Liverpool. Do you see them getting anything out of this game? I don't. I don't think Liverpool will be at their best. I can't see, you know, the results of when Suarez was there, you know, scoring five, six against Norwich. I can't see anything like that. But I think it'll be fairly comfortable to live for Liverpool. I'm going to go 3-0. Yeah, I agree with a comfortable enough Liverpool victory. As you say, they're not going to hit five or six anymore because they haven't got those goals in the team anymore. But I can see them fairly comfortably winning this one. I'm going to go for 2 0. So both going for comfortable Liverpool victories. Okie doke. On to the final game of the weekend now as Southampton face Manchester United. Barnes will start with the visitors and their European game in midweek. A really bad night on the whole at PSV. Yeah, it's hard to imagine how it could have gone much worse, really, isn't it? Because it's their return to the Champions League. You thought they want to kick off with a victory they got drawn in a kind group they expected to win that group but just everything sort of went wrong for them in that game the atmosphere was electric in PSV but United started the game well enough but obviously completely overshadowed by the Luke Shaw injury that broken leg likely to keep him out for six to nine months now I'd be fairly surprised if we saw him again this season because it would take him a bit of rehab time to get up to full match fitness might even rule him out of the Euros now which would be a big blow for England because he'd started the season so well in the immediate future it's obviously a huge blow for United as well for that reason that back four which Van Hal chopped and changed so much last season it, would, it started to look solid. He had his four that he preferred there, Smalling, Blind, Darmian and Shaw there. He's going to have to shake that up now, whether he goes for Rojo on the left or in the middle and Blind out on the left. Whatever happens, he's going to have to shake that up. Which, so it's a huge blow for them. And then obviously to go on 
take the lead through Memphis. Really good goal from him. He needs to start showing that in the Premier League now. He's shown it in two European games, but hasn't done anything like that in the Premier League so far. He needs to translate that form domestically, but then to go and uh, lose the lead before half-time and get with Moreno getting the goal, the player did put the tackle in ashore. In hindsight, Moreno probably should have been sent off for that tackle, but in real time, it actually looked like a really good last-ditch challenge, I thought. And then to, in the second half, to go and lose on the counter-attack as well, when they completely dominated the ball in that second half, they they just couldn't create enough chances, really. They did have the chances to win the game, but considering how much possession they had throughout the whole match, they didn't pose enough threats, really, to the to the goal, opposition goal. They should have won that match. To have come away with defeat is so disappointing, particularly after such a positive result in the Premier League the week before. Yeah, they played Liverpool, didn't they, on Saturday evening, and it was uh, really rousing. Well, the second half was rousing in particular. You know, All four goals coming in the second half. The first half, very little happened in that first half. You know, you thought a big game like that, Manchester United-Liverpool, perhaps the biggest rivalry in the country, you would have thought... You know, an electric atmosphere at Old Trafford, but just nothing really happened in that first half. Very little chances. But in the second half, United came out, got the early goal through that very well-worked set-piece. You know, you could maybe say that Liverpool could have defended it better, but it was brilliantly worked by United and Blind. You know, a tough finish, those ones, where it's coming first time and you've got to hit it back from where it came from, curling into the top corner. Great finish from him. Then they go 2-0 in front through uh, Ander Herrera. You know, it was a poor challenge from Gomez and Herrera, who you know the United fans love. He stuck away the penalty in such emphatic fashion. It's the sort of penalty that the fans love even more, and he you know, pointed to his badge. And I think Van Gaal might have to consider starting him more in the league now after you know performances like that. And you know, Liverpool got one back, didn't they, through that Benteke wonder strike? You know, I mean, I, perhaps you know the United defence could have got out to him quicker and maybe stuck a head in so he could have got you know a high foot called against him but it was a, a tremendous finish you know he's not going to do that you know every game so it was a great goal from them and uh, you thought maybe that Liverpool might come back and really push that equaliser but then Martial you know comes on for his debut and scores that absolute wonder goal he didn't do much he got the start against PSV in midweek but didn't do much in that game but to do that in the league against United's biggest rivals take on you know two players and finish the way he did uh, I mean I, th- I think the comparisons to Henri are just stupid you know this early on in his career and the new Henri and all that but it was such an Henri like finish the way he opened his body and just right into the corner great finish and yeah that lifted Old Trafford 3-1 win there against Liverpool was a huge boost for them because you know before the international break they had that defeat to Swansea so a great way to bounce back in the league but poor in Europe yeah well, I hadn't been entirely encouraging in the league up to that point I had it against Liverpool and as you mentioned that first half was probably the worst in the history of that fixture there's been so many meetings between them but it's just nothing happened really it's just such a boring game for in, in that in midweek you mentioned Marshall there there were a few positives from his performance I think he linked up well with Memphis and if those two can build up a partnership obviously Marshall's not going to start up front every game with Rooney there when he comes back to fitness then he'll be first choice starting up front but if Memphis and Marshall can get on that either wing start linking up quite well start switching sides they've got the tools to really harm players because Marshall's already shown he's got the skills to, to do well in, against the fences he's got the speed to do well against defences and really pose a threat to the opposition goal I think this match is a tough one for United away to Southampton side who have improved of late the next match against Sunderland is a match they'll expect to win and Carrick keep up the pressure on Manchester City who are already five points above them they need to keep up those with victories but they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up Arsenal, Everton, Manchester City and Chelsea in the next four after the, the Sunderland game those are all, all going to be tough ones especially Crystal Palace on paper you'd say is probably the easiest one of that but the way they've started the season that's not going to be the case so a victory here and a victory against Sunderland will put them in a very good position going into those four uh, games after that 
you mentioned there how boring the uh, first half was in the United Liverpool game, but Southampton they were in a really boring game last time out against West Brom, nil nil. So little happened in that game. There's not even really much to talk about, really. You know, West Brom thought they should have had a penalty, but McManaman went down with a dive, and then Southampton almost gifted West Brom the goal with that Stecklenburg fumble. But apart from that, it was a bit of a nothing game. The one positive you can probably take from it is another clean sheet for Southampton. That's now three in a row, and they're starting to show that defensive, you know, how good they were at the back, like they were last season. Only Chelsea conceded more last season. Uh, conceded fewer, sorry, last season. And I think Ronald Koeman said after the game uh, that Virgil van Dijk made, you know, it was a perfect debut from him. You know, he, he linked up well with uh, Font at the back there, and that looks like a really solid central defensive partnership. And three clean sheets in a row is good. But you know, in terms of you know going forward, just not not really good enough. That they're, they're not great going forward away from home. And Pella again struggled. I think we had the stat last week where only two of Pella's 14 goals uh, in the Premier League last year came away from home, and he again sort of struggled to really have an impact. Tadic was probably their brightest player, but on the whole, just going forward, they were very lacklustre in that game. The start of the season's been a little bit lacklustre for a team that performed so well last season. They've got six points from Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Norwich, and West Bromwich Albion. From those games, probably Everton. Maybe West Brom pushing for it, the teams you'd say would challenge for a top half finish where Southampton would want to be themselves. So it's not the best start to the season and they've got some tough fixtures coming. They've got Manchester United, Swansea, Chelsea, Leicester, really informed Leicester and then Liverpool in the next five games. So they've got a tougher run of fixtures coming up than they have. They have looked a lot more solid in recent games. As you say, the clean sheets in a row would be a big plus for Coman. Just need to get firing in the final third, but it's not going to find it easy with this fixtures coming up. Yeah, so it's you know a big game in terms of you know especially for United wanting to bounce back from Europe and Southampton you know really wanting to get you know get a good win under their belt. What's your score prediction? Yeah, it's a difficult one to call. Southampton generally good at home. Obviously, there was that defeat to Everton, which was uh, a very strange result, really considering how strong they were at home uh, uh, last season. I can't really pick either side here. I'm going to think I'm going to go down the middle. I'm going to go for one or draw. Yeah, I can't see too many goals in this one, to be honest. I think, you know, even though United, they were good in that second half against Liverpool, I think Southampton should be fairly solid, but I'm just going to back United to nick it 1-0. So we've got one draw and a United win. That's it. All 10 games covered. Make sure you head to sportsmile.co.uk throughout the weekend for live commentaries on each and every Premier League game, as well as results, reaction, analysis, player ratings, and much more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.